Welcome to Rewitched, a charmed 1998 rewatch podcast. Join us on our journey as we recap, examine, and critique the series episode by episode from the beginning. We'll be keeping our podcast spoiler free, so we welcome fans, new and old, to join us in watching and reflecting on one of our favorite shows. Currently, we're on season one. I'm your host, Jess Savanko. And I'm your host, Mia Savanko. Now let's get into this week's episode. Hi, everyone. Welcome back. Uh, It's been a while for us and for you, but we're really excited to be back in the studio. At least I am. This week, we're going to be talking about season one, episode 11, Feats of Clay. It originally aired on January 20th, 1999 and had 5.96 million viewers. Today we're going to be recording three episodes, so if things get a little crazy, um, that's on us, but hopefully everything will turn out awesome. We're also joined today by a very special guest host, our sister Caitlin. It's great to be here, guys. (laughs) I love it, I love it. Um, So yeah, that's all I have to say. Uh, Mia, is there anything you want to say about kind of the return to the podcast before we get started? I mean, I'm just really glad to be back and recording again. I'm excited to talk about these next three episodes and be with you guys and have Caitlin joining us. Yeah, me too. Awesome. So um, do you want to get into that first scene then? Yeah. Okay, so the episode starts off in Cairo, Egypt. And the first scene, someone's breaking into a building and three guys walk in and they say that the owner's dead. And it looks kind of like a museum type, like an antique collection kind of building. Um, And then one of the guys tells another one who's named Clay to keep watch while the other two go in and look for this vase. And the other two guys are keeping a secret from him. And they say that, oh, he'll probably believe that it was the curse that killed the old man. He was stung to death by a scorpion in the bathroom of an airplane, which I guess is, you know, how does that happen? So the two guys, they go grab the urn and the backside of it glows around this symbol that's on it. And it's a symbol of this Egyptian woman, but they don't notice it. And then Clay runs into the room and tells them that a car is coming. So they run out and try to separate and hide when security arrives. And they give the urn to Clay before they leave. And the guardian of the urn, which was the symbol of the woman, like glows and appears in front of one of the other guys, who's Wesley. She touches a spider ring that's on her finger and puts it to his chest and a spider appears on him. And she says, you're being punished for your greed. And while the third guy sits behind like a tree or something (laughs) and was like watches this whole thing happen while that while Wesley gets killed and then he runs away as the woman looks at him and says as will your friends yeah so my thoughts on this scene basically the first thing I'll comment on is so this is clearly set in Egypt right this woman is the guardian of this like kind of ancient Egyptian artifact why is she a white woman yeah (laughs) That, I didn't get that either. It didn't really make any I sense. I know. I was confused about that too. But they had her dressed up like so, like this Egyptian yeah. 
goddess. <laughs> I feel like if that were to happen, like, nowadays, like, Charmed would probably get canceled, you know, for, like, not having the right, <laughs> you know? Yeah, like, she should have been either, like, an African woman or, like, a Middle Eastern woman. Like, there was yeah. no reason for her to be white. <laughs> and they, like, they couldn't find somebody, or did they not even try? Like, they I don't know. didn't even try. It was yeah, yeah. They were just like, you know what? <laughs> she has dark hair. There you go. Perfect. Yeah. I mean, they loaded her in the makeup, so I guess they just, you know, they did something. I don't know. But um, as far as, you know, the general plot of the scene, I feel like we're really just setting up what's going to be the story for the episode. The curse is introduced. We meet the guardian and we kind of meet these three guys, two of whom will continue to appear throughout the episode. Yeah. So then after this, we get a title card that tells us we're in San Francisco and it's three days later. Then we're at the manor and we see Phoebe and Piper walking down the stairs and they're in the middle of a conversation. And Piper says, New York, Clay, you said you never wanted to see him again. And Phoebe's like, ancient history. Piper's like, it's been six months. Phoebe's like, five. Prue is already downstairs. She's confused about the conversation they're having and trying to kind of join in. But they just keep on going. And Phoebe says, he's just stopping by on his way home. It's no big deal. He was traveling or something. And that's when, you know, Piper's kind of explaining to Prue who Clay is, that it's her ex who's a musician. You know this. And Prue's like, no, I don't. They talk a little bit about different jobs that Phoebe had while she was living in New York that Prue also didn't know about. So it becomes very clear that, I mean, we knew that Prue and Phoebe were in a fight. Well, Phoebe was gone, but it becomes very clear that Prue knew absolutely nothing that was going on with Phoebe's life while she was away. So then, you know, Phoebe's still kind of like a little frazzled. The doorbell rings, it's Clay, and she's kind of like still kind of going on the whole, we're just friends, that's all. And then she's like, oh, do I have lipstick on my teeth? And to like tease her, Piper's like, yes. And, you know, then they're all laughing. Phoebe goes over and answers the door. And the way her and Clay are looking at each other when they, like, see each other again, it's very clear that they are not just friends. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, you know, they hug, and while they're having this hug, she gets a premonition of the two of them in bed together. So, you know, definitely not just friends. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Clearly. Well, I mean... Maybe that is just friends to some people. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I was just going to say, I wish somebody would look at me the way that Clay was looking at Phoebe. Like, are you kidding me? That was so cute. <laughs> I know. I feel like that's just a movie thing, though. Like, I feel like that never actually happens. Yeah, it's not yeah. very real life. But there's a lot of things in the show that's just not very realistic I feel like in the scene you can really see like the distance that happened between Phoebe and Prue since they've gotten back together like clearly they weren't they weren't even like friends at all like they were just sisters because they had to be you know because she knows nothing about her New York life or anything and then also <laughs> like even before Phoebe gets that premonition or premonition um you can tell that, like, she's down to, like, be with Clay. Like, not, like, be with him, with him, like, date him. But, like, she's down to, like, see him and, like, let sparks fly. And it, it's very obvious. Yeah, that she's still super into him. And even later in the scene, or in the episode, we obviously see more of that. So, yeah. Yeah. 
And I'll also just add in, um, so, you know, we were originally supposed to record this episode almost three months ago now. And I watched the episode then, and I obviously rewatched it again with you guys when I was taking notes. And then when I watched it with you guys yesterday, but I'll just say that when I watched it three months ago, I was like very like captivated by like the romance of this episode and the way they kind of play on how Clay is acting. But after watching it a second and then a third time, like, I'm just like, it's not realistic. It's not realistic. Um, yeah. But it's like, it's very, very romantic. And that's what I really like about this episode. And that's something I'm going to be focusing on as I talk about kind of the development of Phoebe and Clay's um, relationship throughout the episode. Yeah, there's a lot of like, corny, romantic things that go on throughout the episode. But it generally like it's really cute yeah. you know and it's also very relatable like seeing a guy that you used to date and who used to be very bad for you and seeing him again you know like that happens to pretty much every girl on this planet yeah, so. yeah. and it really plays into that fantasy of like the idea that like someone who came into your life um kind of like you know right person wrong time type of idea yeah. and how like yeah. they will change and then one day you could be together which you know may or may not be true in real life but it's something that I think is really it's something I'm drawn to in stories and I like even like things I write because like you know as the fans know and you guys know like I am a writer so that's something I play with a lot in my own writing so like seeing it in the show is something I really enjoy too yeah me too I'm a sucker for like the um for real like yeah (laughs) like I'm like a sucker for the passionate romances in movies like I'm all about the whole corniness of it all like I am obsessed with it yeah I like a lot of that stuff too okay so after this scene we go on to the theme song and then Prue and Piper we see them at Quake sitting at the bar and they're having a conversation Prue's kind of like talking to Piper about how she doesn't know all of this stuff that happened in Phoebe's life and Piper's like well Prue don't take it personal but sometimes you can be a bit judgmental and Prue kind of like disagrees with that but then you know admits that it's true and then she mentions that she basically spied on Phoebe and Clay last night and then she was like well if nobody tells me anything I have to get creative And then we see, they continue to talk and we see this blonde guy who's behind the bar. He's like a a waiter and he looks at this other waitress and almost drops the tray that he's holding and Piper freezes him right at the perfect time. And she is like, you know, tell me if anybody comes in to Prue and like picks up all the cups and puts them back on his tray and unfreezes him so that he doesn't drop them. And Prue's, like, really confused about this because Piper just, like, casually froze him at the perfect time like it was normal. And then we find out Piper kind of explains to Prue what's going on, which is that this guy, Doug, fell in love with this girl, Shelly, and they were dating for years. But she finally dumped him after six years, and he bought her an engagement ring, but he was too afraid to ask. And then how she just basically feels bad for the guy, so that's why she keeps doing that and freezing him. And then she asked Prue if she's going to go back to Buckland's, but Prue, because, you know, after the whole Rex and Hannah thing, Piper kind of assumed she would be looking for another job, but Prue says she needs to save the auction house and, you know, she's going to go back to work. And then she leaves and heads over there. And then Piper has to freeze Doug again because he almost dropped something else. So I feel like 
like Mia, you're the youngest. And then there's me and Jess who are older. And I feel like we can relate to being the judgmental older sister just because we really look out for our younger sisters. And that's why we come off very judgmental. It's because we are, but in like a, in a good way, like we're trying to do it in a good way. You know, we're trying to look out for you, but like Mia relates to Phoebe she doesn't like me and Mia some Mia sometimes doesn't tell me things because she doesn't want to hear my opinion she already knows what it is (laughs) and I just found that very relatable because that happens a lot with sisters you know as an older sister we like we try our best to look out for our younger siblings yeah and Caitlin it's really funny you say that because like me and Mia have said multiple times throughout the show that like she's Phoebe and like I'm Piper so I guess like that makes you Prue yeah like I'm a very like I do relate to Prue a lot where I'm like try to be more realistic about things I'm like try my best to be logical but like and I'm a very non-judgmental person you know I'm very open-minded but when it comes to like my sisters and my family I'm like very protective so that's why like Mia will see me as very like I don't want to hear your opinion you know like (laughs) but I related to that a lot there's definitely a lot and that's why I've like Jess just said I've mentioned several times throughout the show or you know throughout the podcast that I feel like I relate to Phoebe a lot in these senses and like being that kind of younger child doing all the wild things and the older sister is kind of trying to protect me or being judgmental like there's definitely been stuff that I've kept from you that I'm sure have been like bothered like you I know you'd be bothered by and I know that's exactly what Phoebe's doing so it is very relatable because I mean these things are do happen in real life you know and then I think the (laughs) I think the whole thing with Doug and Shelly First of all, that's like, that's just sad. Like you had six years, you've been dating for six years and you couldn't must up the courage to ask her to marry you. And then it's too late. Like that gives you a real idea because that's also like, that also happens in real life where you hear girls are like, I don't know when he's going to get serious and finally just ask me to marry him. And to some girls, that's not very serious. Like some girls are like not about it. But most girls, we do have that fantasy of finally getting um, engaged to and proposed to. And when you're with someone for so long and you constantly want it to happen, like, and then it doesn't. And at some point, like, we just get tired of it. So it's understandable why Shelly is not with Doug right now. But it, it upsets me that Doug, even after she broke up with him, didn't just come out you know, and just be like, yo, like, I want to marry you, you know, like, that's like the time. Well, he may not, he may not have told her that, or I mean, she may not have told him like, that's why, like, we don't know why they broke up. True, true. Right now. But the fact that he did have the engagement ring, and that he waited so long, it was, um, it's, I mean, it's a little weird to me, like, if it's six years, and you have the ring, like, what's, the issue you know she loves you like you guys have been together for a long time although I know it's nerve-wracking no matter what I also think like one thing I'm thinking that might be the reason they look pretty young I'm not sure exactly how old we're supposed to think they are because like think about it if they've been dating for six years but they're 22 that means they were mostly dating in high school yeah kind of like it might still be a little early they're still figuring out their lives 
Um, you know, not to say that people can't be waiters and waitresses forever, but maybe they're still figuring out their career paths, still figuring out what they want to do with their future, things like that. Yeah. Um, so that could be part of the consideration. Another thing, you know, especially when I was younger, um, like I remember like years ago and by years ago, I mean, you know, two or three years ago before I like had actually like had a more long-term relationship. Cause I mean, to get personal, most of my relationships prior to my most recent, only lasted like a few months, like three months at most. So I was always like, well, I would never date someone for over a year. Like if we were together for a year and they didn't propose to me, I'd be done. That's it. That's it for me. But now that like, I've actually like dated someone, I'd be like, you know what, actually like you need time to get to know someone, like things like that. So I get that it could be a longer term thing. I still think six years is way too long. Yeah. And it depends on your age. Like, because if you were dating in, you know, middle school and high school for six years, that's different than if you were dating like from 25 to 31. You know what I mean? Yeah. It does depend on which stage of your life you're in, because especially with high school sweethearts, like I've been with Chris since my junior year and now I'm about to be a sophomore in college. And I don't feel like, I mean, I did you know, drop a lot of hints about a promise ring, but like, I don't plan on, you know, hopefully, you know, we stay together (laughs) for many years ahead, get married, whatever, that's the plan. But I don't plan on that happening until like way later in my twenties, like when we're both like on our career paths and are ready to settle down, you know? Yeah. I don't see myself wanting to get married until it's like later in the future when I'm definitely settled in what I want to do in my life and I do feel like too young to get married like personally just for me like I I would want to wait until later in my 20s like I wouldn't want it to be that early because I feel like like you've even said multiple times like your mindset changes over the years like you are still figuring out your life like it's not really the time to be making decisions like that in my head personally but you know yeah and you know it's different for me because you know I'm what less than six months away from being 27 so for me like if I start dating someone I'm like well I want us to like after a year or two like we should be at the point where we want to get married but it's different when for you guys who are like you know 17 18 as Mm -hmm. opposed to like me who's older (laughs) (laughs) almost 30 (laughs) don't say that (laughs) but um yeah no I mean I think that's pretty much what we get out of this scene you know there's some cute sister stuff going on obviously we get the kind of second plot line of Doug and Shelly which is kind of like a parallel love story to what's going on with Clay and Phoebe and they all get compared a lot to each other throughout the episode um so that's kind of the two setups we're seeing here so after that we are in a park and Phoebe and Clay are on a walk together and you know he's kind of talking about how she would have loved Egypt he kind of wished she was there with him stuff like that you know corny little lines and then he kind of goes into this thing where he's like you were right to leave me kind of being a little (laughs) self-deprecating he's like you were the best thing to ever happen to me and then Phoebe says you know I hope you don't take this the wrong way but like why are you here which is a fair question for Phoebe to ask. And Clay says, can a guy visit? And she says, but you're not just a guy, you're Clay. And Clay comes with strings attached. So I think we're seeing a lot of like realism from Phoebe in this scene. Like 
she's not just getting swept up in the romance. She is considering the bigger implications of this guy who she obviously had very serious feelings for just kind of showing up back in her life, you know, and he kind of goes on to say, I never could hide anything from you. And she's like, actually, you could. That was one of our problems. And we'll find out later in the episode. We'll get some hints about what it was he was hiding, but we never find out exactly um, what happened. He starts to bring up the urn that he has. He lies to her and says he picked it up at this kind of market while he was in Egypt and that he wants Prue's help selling it. And, you know, Phoebe kind of is like, phew, for a minute, I thought you wanted me back, Um, which, you know, I think she's kind of playing it off here because I think that's why she wanted him to be back. And he's like, no, Phoebe, I think too much of you to think you're still interested. What a line. Um, (laughs) Seriously. Most girls would fall for that. No, I would. I'm not even going to lie. I would fall for it too. I'd be like, okay. (laughs) But you know, he kind of is like, he wants to sell the herb, pay off some debts and make a fresh start with his life. And that's kind of how we end that scene. Yeah. So it kind of really sucks here because you can see that this is, I feel like this is real, really realistic too, in the sense that I feel like a lot of guys who really do care about someone like Clay clearly really does care about Phoebe, but they have something in them that like who they are, it's almost like they can't help themselves with certain things. Like here he is still lying to Phoebe the first day that he comes back. But like you, like we all know you still care about this girl, but you're putting her at risk. I mean, even though, you know, we haven't found out much about this curse or whatever that could mean, he's still willing to, like, he knows it's a stolen item and that could risk her sister's career and, you know what I mean, like, cause problems in her life. And it sucks because it's like, I feel like a lot of females, we wouldn't do that. But guys, like, even when they really care about you, like, they still do all these fucked up things. And it's, it's just so it's so weird because you're like, how do you never learn your lesson? And I feel like that's a very realistic thing that's going on here, you know? Yeah. And you can definitely tell that Phoebe's like trying really hard to like be logical and like not fall for his lines and stuff, even though he, she, he just keeps throwing them at her, you know, like he just keeps saying all this stuff and like acting like this great guy who's changed. And you can tell, you can kind of tell that he, wants to be a better person for her but I'm guessing like most guys just feel like they can't or something like Mia said it's something about guys where they just don't learn their lesson Mm -hmm. like here he is telling Phoebe like that he is like telling Phoebe like oh I think too much of you but then lying straight to her face again Mm -hmm. so I'll bring up something that we all know is one of my favorite topics to bring up when we discuss any couple in the show how old do we think Clay is? Do we know? Do we have any guess? Like, is he, he older than Phoebe? Or are they supposed to be the same age? I can't tell. He definitely seems older. Just, I don't know. Like, he just seems older. Do we think well, he's actually, older than Prue? Do we think he's mid-20s? Like, how old is Clay supposed to be? I'm I thinking like he's probably, like, mid-20s. I guess we don't really know, and we never really find out. But, yeah. He I feel like he's older. just older by like a couple years I feel okay. like yeah because it's yeah. hard to tell because like the actor is clearly not in his early 20s right 
Yeah. Um, but even Alyssa Milano isn't in her early 20s. She's just playing someone in her early 20s. So I'm not sure if like we're supposed to think they're the same age, if we're supposed to think Clay's older. Like I can't really tell. I'm assuming based off of, you know, some of the things we learn about like his shady dealings and stuff that he might be a little bit older than her. But yeah. also the fact that he's involved in all these things makes me think he could be young too. So yeah. I'm just like not really sure where Clay is at in his life. Um, yeah, I feel like since... we question the relationship a little bit, not in a like a he's being creepy way, like I usually bring up, but just <laughs> in a like, like, should he be working more on a career? Should he be, you know, I don't know where he's at in his life to kind of judge him. Because there's a big difference between like a 22 year old acting the way Clay's acting and like a 28 year old acting the way Clay's acting. Yeah, yeah. I feel like um, he may have, like, considering what we learn about him throughout the episode, um, I feel like maybe he got into stuff young, like, whatever he was hiding young, and then it just kind of stuck with him, and, like, now that he's a little older, like, I feel like he's more towards your age, just in this, where he is having, like, realization, like, oh, I don't want to live this life anymore, you know? Yeah, like he's looking, he's looking to change and he's probably gotten to that point where he's like, okay, I'm getting too, too grown to be doing that childish stuff that I was doing before. But at the same time, he just went to Egypt and stole this urn. So, <laughs> so who knows? Remember, he stole it so he could get a fresh start, guys. Come on. Yeah. yeah. Let's, let's be honest here. All right. So now we are at Buckland's, Prue's at work, and she walks into her office and sees a woman standing there. The woman introduces herself as Claire Price, and she says she's from the bank looking for inventory records in Prue's office, and then they kind of talk a little. Claire is pretty, pretty uptight and rude, like that's the vibe you kind of get from her, and kind of judging the auction house and how like things went down. And then Prue's just kind of standing there listening to her. And then Claire tells Prue that they need to make $1.2 million in inventory or selling inventory at the auction tomorrow, or she's going to have to shut Buckland's down. And Prue's like, like an auction by tomorrow, you know, we have so much work to do. That means we'd have like, like we, they need to find buyers and plan a whole auction and everything. And then uh, Claire's like, well, looks like you have a lot to do. And just kind of leaves Prue like that, stunned. <laughs> Part of me really likes the way, like, Claire is very, like, I'm here to do a job. This is what needs to happen. Um, either figure it out or this isn't my problem. Like, I do get where she's coming from. I get why, as Prue, you know, this is obviously an awful thing to happen. But, I mean, thinking from Claire's point of view, you're coming into this auction house where, like, the previous owners are shady as fuck, right? You know nothing about auctions. You know nothing about things. All you want to do is either make your money back or sell this business to get your money back. That's your concern. Yeah. It doesn't matter to you. I mean, obviously, it would suck that people are going to lose their jobs if the auction house closes. But, like, that's not really Claire's problem, right? She's there to fix a financial mess that Rex and Hannah created. So I understand her perspective, even though obviously for Prue, this is going to make everything she has to do for this auction crazy. That's true. I guess I never really thought about it from Claire's perspective. And like from the bank's perspective, these people who lost their money and kind of got screwed over by Rex and Hannah as well. I mean, she's walking into here thinking it's just some shady auction house, like based on the history and like so she has really no reason to even trust Prue 
and put her faith in her. So, you know, we just kind of have to hope that Prue pulls through. And also, I just realized that there was more to the scene that I didn't yeah, get yeah. to. So <laughs> um, into, into that second half um, of the scene if you want. <laughs> so as Claire is walking out, Phoebe and Clay walk in together and kind of see Claire and is like, whoa, like this lady's scary, you know, who the hell's that? And then Phoebe comes and is basically like, Prue, I have, you know, can I ask a favor? And gives Prue the urn and says that he picked up, that Clay picked up this urn from Egypt and that he wants to sell it. And Prue is kind of suspicious of where the urn came from and everything. Like you could tell she's thinks Clay's a little fishy and doesn't really trust him. And then Phoebe kind of asks her to fast track the process of selling this item to get rid of it as quick as possible. And Prue's kind of like, like, you know, I can't do that. You know, I don't want to risk the reputation of this auction house when it's already so close to going under. And then Phoebe's like, oh, I'll cook you dinner. And she was like, oh, don't threaten me. And then he's like, fine, I'll see what I can do. Uh, and Clay thanks her, and then Prue and Phoebe hug, and Phoebe and Clay head out while Prue's, like, kind of looking at the urn. So that was just, you know, how the scene ended. I feel like poor Prue, like, she's trying to be protective, but she's also trying to be supportive. I think especially after Piper basically said, like, okay, like, you're kind of judgmental, and she sees that Phoebe doesn't really trust her to tell her things anymore, that she's kind of, like trying to get more on Phoebe's good side and trying to earn that trust and like she's like okay maybe I'm being too harsh like let me let me give this guy a chance and give Phoebe a chance like it seems like she I mean you she obviously doesn't like Clay at all but she's willing to like play nice for Phoebe which I think is really sweet and that's definitely an improvement on their relationship from the start like we've noticed you know in the beginning they were in that fight and they've on and off had their arguments and their, you know, they obviously have, you know, deep issues with each other. But you can see that Prue's trying to improve and Phoebe's trying to improve their relationship, which I think is really good. Yeah. And like, I feel like with Prue trying her best to be acceptive of Clay. And then, but also when a guy who you haven't heard good things about, you know, when a guy who you haven't had good things about comes in and with this gold beautiful urn like that's clearly worth a lot because like Prue knows what she she does her job really well so when he says oh I picked it up at a market like obviously she's gonna be like that's a little shady you know so but it's clear she is trying to improve the relationship and she is trying which is really sweet of her to do because it's very hard to not be so protective and judgmental when it comes to sisters exes you know like when my sister has an ex I'm like oh yeah you know fuck him like never again and so now she's trying really hard and she's doing it for Phoebe which is a really good sister connection and you can see like Phoebe um how happy she is about it yeah and I think Caitlin you bring up a really good point there um because you know obviously you as the person who was in love with someone are a lot more inclined to forgive them for the wrongs they committed than like the people who loved you and watched kind of like how those things affected you. Um, And so that makes me curious to see not only how Piper and Prue are going to react to Clay in this episode, but how other like 
future exes who might come back over and over again might be reacted to throughout the series. So that's something I just want to keep in mind now that that point's kind of been brought up. Yeah. Um, yeah. I know we haven't mentioned him in a couple episodes, but we all know, I mean, this isn't really a spoiler. Leo's a main character in the series. At some point, he's going to pop back up. And I'm curious to see what the reaction will be when he comes back. So yeah. that's something I want to keep an eye out for too. I wanted to agree with your point on Claire and like how you admire her for doing her job. Like, I feel like a girl, if you have a job where you work for a bank and you have to, you know, go to these places and see if it's worth um, saving and stuff, then you definitely have to be a little, ve- like, you have to be a little cold hearted, you know, because some of these places, they have deep stories behind them. Like, say you went to like a, like a family restaurant that's going under, you know, and they have like rooted stories with that place. Like you have to, with that job that Claire has, you have to be able to strictly think logical and with the books and not put your feelings into it, which is why it's good that it's, she's very, she's clearly very good at her job since she acts very stern and reserved and we got to do this or it's done, you know? Mm -hmm. I feel like at the same time, though, there is no reason to be, I mean, yeah, all of that, but it seems like she's a very, I mean, she's got to be she taken gives seriously off, She gives job. off these, like, overconfident vibes, like, almost cocky, almost, like, narcissistic or, like, the kind of person who feels like because of the power they have, like, you know, they're better than everyone. That's the yeah. vibe I kind of got when clay and phoebe walked in and they almost ran right into each other and claire like instead of like oh sorry and sliding out of the way like a normal human being she stands there and like stares at her with like this serious look until phoebe moves out of the way for her which is like okay that's not necessary i wonder if like that kind of comes from where claire's at so like we think of the setting of the show right this is 1999 so we're still kind of developing that like women being able to be powerful in the workplace i'm guessing that claire is probably supposed to be in her 40s so that means she was kind of coming up in her working life in the early 80s when it was still very much more male dominated than it was in the time period we're watching and so much more male dominated than it is today so she probably had to like go in and be like so strict so tough so perfect to get to the point she's at in her career so I think a lot of her character behavior is probably informed by the fact that those were the expectations of her if she did want to have this career as a woman coming up in the 80s and 90s as opposed to today that's true thinking about her age and like the history that that would make a lot of sense as to why she is the way she is and I'm sure she had a lot of people that like you know like oh she's a chick like I don't know if we can this and that because it was not not really that common before so she kind of had to work really hard to get where she's at I'm sure and also I am really glad that they made you know the boss or the the new boss or the new person to come in and take charge a woman as opposed to like before when it was Rex and it kind of says something about how you know Rex before was this horrible guy and even Prue our favorite guy um what's his name Oh, God, Roger? Roger. (laughs) Roger, like, even then, like, her past two bosses, they're males and have been, you know, creepy, scary, and, you know, just not great bosses. Like, 
but then Claire comes in and you can tell that she's very strict and professional and stern and she's a woman like taking charge which I kind of like that they didn't make it another guy you know so then we're outside of Buckland's and Phoebe and Clay have just left from their meeting with Prue and they're walking outside and Phoebe's kind of reassuring Clay that Prue's going to get him a good price for the urn and you know Clay's kind of like well it would be nice if she liked me just a little bit and Phoebe's like she likes you she's just really protective of me which kind of goes back to what Caitlin was saying before and then Clay kind of makes this like cheesy joke where he's like I remember when that was my job like shut the fuck up but okay and then she's like yeah then I quit you and I was like haha good they're laughing I'm laughing it was cute and then that's when the other guy who was in Cairo the one that didn't get killed um shows up <laughs> obviously not the one, <laughs> the one that got killed <laughs> so we find out his name is Palmer because he kind of like introduces himself whatever and he's acting like very sketchy and talking about the urn and like Clay's trying to play it off like oh yeah we met at the market like whatever and then you know after a few minutes of it being super awkward that guy leaves and as he's leaving Phoebe's like ew creepy guy and I'm like true yeah <laughs> I feel I like know. he didn't have to approach them like that like there's no way for I don't know how exactly to describe it the way he walks up so creepy and sketchy like head down kind of and he's like yeah uh, yeah so like you're gonna sell it what's going on with the urn like all so creepy barely introduces himself and like when clay's like oh yeah i met him at the market he's like oh yeah yeah that the market right right like you could i feel like it's not that hard to lie you know like you could have just been like hey clay what's up good to see you like you know, how, how are things looking with that urn? You know, like could have been much more casual about it than that. <laughs> yeah. He literally seemed like a, like a crackhead walking yeah. up to them. Like that is so, and if I was Phoebe in that situation, I would instantly pick up the vibe that there, that something's going on here, you know, like someone's lying or someone's being shady after the, how creepy that guy was acting. Like, First of all, all of this of Clay talking about how he wants to clean up his act. So we obviously know that in the past he's done some bad things. Second of all, him wanting Prue to sell this urn so quickly. And third of all, like this guy coming up and like being mad suspicious and like shady and then like rushing about the urn and like, like, oh, get rid of it, get rid of it right in front of Phoebe. And like her immediate reaction isn't, oh God, like, you did some like this is some sus shit with the urn instead she's like "Ooh, that guy's creepy like yeah and I think it's because Phoebe like wants to believe that she's Clay will change you know she's like in denial wants to believe that Clay will change and it's like it's so I mean I feel like I'd pick up on that and be like red flag red flag but at the same time like knowing how it is when you're really like in love with someone or have feelings for someone the way you easily just like convince yourself nothing's wrong when it is you know Mm -hmm. so I guess it kind of logical that she'd do that or at least realistic yeah I mean like love is blind you know love is blinding that whole thing like it's very easy to not see when like stuff you just don't want to see you know like she because Feep is a smart girl like she can put that stuff together in her head and she's just choosing not to like because she just wants so badly for this 
to maybe work and like maybe mm-hmm. have a future with him again. Like Clay was obviously such a big part of her life and was like very important to her. So, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the next scene, it's pretty short. We see Palmer who's at the airport and he's talking to this agent who's like about Wesley's body. Cause I guess, you know, Wesley's body has just been shipped and it's in this, you know, big basket thing. And the so we see on the side of the like casket it's more like a big box that you know the sticker of the woman that was on the urn before so we can pretty much tell like okay so the guardian is following him here like she's not gone I think it's that's pretty much how the scene ends I think it's mostly just for plot's sake to say you know oh the guardian is now in America and like following him Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I don't have anything to add about that. It was just moving yeah. the plot line forward. But here, Palmer didn't act super scary and sketchy. Like, he walked up like a normal human being and was like, Yeah, that's my buddy. Like, <laughs> why couldn't you act like that before? So weird. So then we have another little short sequence. It's a phone call between Prue and Piper, where Prue's at Buckland and Piper is at Quake. Prue's kind of talking about how she's suspicious of Clay and you know Piper's kind of like well you wonder why you're out of the loop you worry too much about Phoebe and then she just kind of goes back to saying how she gets this bad feeling about Clay it's all stuff like we were already picking up on the conversation felt a little unnecessary to me but that's whatever then the uh, train of the conversation kind of switches and they're talking about Doug Piper is mentioning again that her boss is going to fire her if she doesn't do something about the Doug situation and proves like you really need to handle that before you lose your job. And that's when Doug drops this like base and Piper doesn't freeze it in time. And she's kind of like, sorry, Doug, too pop to goo. Too pop to boo. <laughs> <laughs> Just like, uh, just like too pooped to pop. <laughs> That's the end of that scene. Imagine, imagine saying that to somebody. I'm just too popped to poop. <laughs> uh, maybe they have a rare stomach disease like me. No, I just. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. That, that was good. Yeah, I feel like this is just kind of setting up more of the whole Doug and Shelly situation. And then, you know, Piper's trying to figure something out for that. So I guess we'll see how that goes and how she goes about handling that. Prue, obviously, we see she's just still very concerned about Clay. Like, here she just pretty much is openly admitting it, even though the show showed us that very clearly. Other than that, I don't, you know, I don't have too much to say about this I... So I, like, from this, like, from Piper saying, oh, you worry too much about Phoebe and stuff, like, I've been told I do that with Mia, um, that I worry too much about her, and it's, like, an instinct, like, I can't help it, and then also, when Josh, our brother, when our brother has um, been in a relationship, he's been through a few, you know, and each time I can tell, like, pretty like I get a good sense of the thing and I'll tell him like instantly I'll be like she's not it she's not it and every time I'm right 
so like I don't know if it's just a coincidence that I'm right or if it's genuinely like a good feel like I get a good sense of these things because they're my siblings and I'm looking out for them yeah it's almost like a weird it's almost like a weird sixth sense yeah you know where you can just kind of tell when someone's not right but also I think it might be that thing where like you know you're the one that's when you're the one that's in love you're a lot more likely to be blind of all the red flags and all the things that are going wrong meanwhile the people around you who are just observing what's happening can see a lot more clearly and a lot more things that you can't yeah like Prue is obviously putting these pieces together and Phoebe is just in complete denial (laughs) yeah and Piper's not really she's spending all her time at the restaurant so she's not really seeing anything that's going on either so that's why she's like oh you just worry too much yeah the next scene we're back at the manor and Phoebe it's nighttime and Phoebe and Clay are eating an excessive amount of Chinese food (laughs) um (laughs) In the living for like room. a family of eight. Yeah, I know. They have, there's just like 25 boxes of Chinese food out on the living room table. And then they're just kind of talking. Clay's like, oh, you know, you moved back here. Like, I've is it out of necessity or choice? Like, I know, you know, you had issues with your sisters. She was like, well, it's a little bit of both. She and like he asked what she's up to she said protecting the innocent from evil and like kind of made it a joke because she knew obviously he wasn't going to take that seriously and I guess in New York she had multiple jobs a big social life and all this and she kind of is like well things have changed I've changed and Clay says well I'm trying to change too one thing that will never change is how I feel about you and then he kisses Uh. her I know that was uh so it was a bit too corny even for me. We'll just yeah. we'll just bre- we'll just breeze past that. <laughs> um and then Phoebe still trying to be careful but obviously like starting to let her guard down more and more says, you know, it took it took me a long time to get over you. I just want to be careful. Um I and play like kind of there for a second. Um you know, when she says that. So earlier in the episode, they made it very clear that it's been 5 months. Five months is not a long time to get over someone. Exactly. No. That's exactly what I no. was thinking. Like, like yeah. I've been, like, there have been people who I dated for, like, a month, and it took me a year to get over them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly. Like, it, you don't move on that quick. You need, a, like, at least a year to, like, fully get over someone, I feel like. Depending on how the relationship ended, like, some relationships end, and it's because their spark just isn't there anymore, so it's easy for people to get over it, but... For a situation like this, where there's clearly still something between Clay and Phoebe. And you can tell that, you can tell that the way they ended, because otherwise they obviously wouldn't have just randomly, like, decided to meet up as he's passing by. Like, they obviously must not have ended on really bad terms, you know, because otherwise they wouldn't be visiting each other. So it's just kind of like this, first of all, he's not giving her enough time. And it's almost like he knows what he's doing. Like he's saying all these lines and all of this and kind of sucking her back in and knowing like that she'll fall for it because she does have those feelings for him and had those feelings for him. And even though he does have those feelings for her too, like you're obviously here with an alternative motive, motive, you know, like that's not why. And it's just like, like it makes me feel so bad. And it's like, it is really realistic. Like that's just how things go down a lot 
of the time. So after that, Prue enters and she kind of like sees them there and then Clay's like, okay, well, I should get back to the hotel. Um, and Prue starts talking to him and saying that she put the urn on the auction block and she's waiting for a background check on it. And then he's like, good. And then he kisses Phoebe goodbye and says he'll call her tomorrow. He leaves, Phoebe turns and sees Prue, who's got this kind of like weird look on her face. And Phoebe's like, what, what's like, you know, what's wrong? And she was like, Prue was like, nothing. I can worry about my little sister, can't I? And then Phoebe like grabs her face and gets really intimate. And then is like, don't, don't ever stop. (laughs) And then they hear this crash from the attic and they look at each other and they're like, okay, let's go upstairs. So they go upstairs. Um, And that's how that scene ends. I think it was a cute sister moment, but it's like, that would never happen like that, you know? Like, imagine if you were like me, like, I'm just worried about you. And I was like, Caitlin, don't ever stop. Like, it's just... (laughs) Yeah. I don't think since it's a TV show. I know, like, they made it so weirdly intimate for no reason. But it was cute, generally. Like, you know, at least Phoebe's not, like, annoyed at her for it like she does appreciate that Prue concern is concerned for her and I think that also kind of helped Prue feel like she's not being too crazy and kind of made her you know continue to like at first when when Piper was like oh you're too judgmental Prue was like shit like let me you know let me not act like that but then now I feel like she feels like she got the green light to like have more concern for Phoebe you know so yeah but it was a cute moment and I think Phoebe's also starting to understand, like, yeah, like, I mean, well, I mean, Phoebe's probably starting to understand because Clay did do her dirty and now he's walking back into her life. And, you know, as an older sister, you can't help but be a little worried. So it's understandable because even Phoebe is holding back and trying not to be sucked in again. Yeah. And then Clay, it's very clear that Clay is trying his best to like suck her in with all the lines and stuff it's like he's kind of rushing it you know like yeah like these don't seem genuine yeah like he's just kind of throwing them out there randomly you know like where there was no need tell if he's like being genuine or not because like there are moments where I'm like he seems genuine and then there are other moments where I'm like this dude is fucking playing games Yeah. yeah I think he's also at a crossfire with that. I think he doesn't really know what he he wants for sure, or at least, like, it seems like he wants Phoebe, but he knows that it's not a good idea, but, like, he can't help himself, and he knows that, like, what he has to do with the urn, you know, like, he's, he's like, well, you know, either way, like, this is what I have to do, so not only do I actually want to kind of get with this girl, but at the same time, like, I need to play her at least a little so that I can get rid of this urn but I feel like once she already got the favor from Prue like what more reason do you have to be like playing Phoebe you know yeah also I thought it was weird that like Prue was like yeah I'm just waiting for a background check and like Clay didn't get worried like yeah obviously that background check is gonna say it's stolen like what did he expect in that moment yeah, like he totally like just brushed it off. I don't think he realized that a background check is going to show that, you know? Yeah. 
Because, like, obviously they're not going to sell it until they do the background check because they need to have the knowledge for the buyers that are interested. Mm-hmm. So, like, like, why wouldn't it say stolen, you know? Yeah. So at the end of that scene, you know, we heard that loud crash um, from the attic. And so in the next scene, we're up in the attic. And Piper is sitting in there. Prue and Phoebe come in, and there's all this smoke around Piper. Um, she's kind of like, nothing to see here. And they're kind of like, what are you doing? They see like the little like voodoo doll type thing that she has in the cauldron. And she's like, I put a charm on Doug, um, but she doubled the normal recipe. She's like, I just need Doug to stop dropping things so I can stop freezing things. I'm exhausted. And, you know, Prue kind of goes on to say, well, maybe him and Shelly aren't meant to be. Not everyone is. And Phoebe like takes this as a personal attack. And she's like, oh, that was real subtle, Prue. And Piper kind of doesn't want to see this fight. And she's like, well, we'll never know unless Doug gets the courage to pop the question. And Phoebe's like super into this idea of like getting Doug and Shelly together. And, you know, Prue's very like, not everybody is meant to be together. And by that, I very specifically mean Phoebe and Clyde. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) it's very obvious. She's just trying to. And that's where it starts comparing like the two couples in the show. I kind of like this is what I mean Jess and I have talked about this in the past the way they kind of connect the demonics whatever situations that are going on with some of them to like the some other sideline story that's going on and that seems to be like a common theme in their episodes which I think I still find it to be like really creative I mean the way that they're having this whole issue with Shelly and Doug that Piper has to handle while you know Prue and Phoebe are kind of in this weird thing with Clay and then like here you see the connection when Prue's over here taking the side of like oh no don't bring them back together because that's how she feels about Clay and Phoebe's taking the side of like yes bring them together because that's how she feels about Clay you know like yeah so it's cool how they make that connection between the different storylines that go on in each episode yeah I like that they connect it and like they're they're learning their life lessons from both the demons and their uh whatever else is going on with real life story yeah Yeah. Mm -hmm. exactly so now we are back at Buckland's and the auction is going on and Prue's just kind of running around kind of handling things that are going on with the auction and then Claire walks up to her with these papers about the urn and I guess you know the background check that came back And she says, good news, it's worth a fortune, but bad news is, and then Prue finishes her sentence and says, it's stolen, because she's looking at the papers, and obviously it says it's stolen on there. And then Claire kind of makes a crack about, you know, oh, the auction's selling stolen goods, no wonder it's going under. And then Prue's kind trying to kind of def- like save them and defend them and be like, this is so un- like highly unusual, very embarrassing. And Claire's like, yes, it is, like, handle it, and then kind of leaves. And then Prue grabs the urn off the table, and, you know, the auction just continues. Then Prue walks back into her office with the urn in her hand, and Palmer, our boy Palmer, is waiting behind the door really creepily. And, like, as she walks in, he, like, creeps out from behind the door. Like, he couldn't just approach her regularly or something. And then he's like, oh, you must be Prue, Phoebe's sister. And then she's like, who are you? And he's like, oh, me? 
I'm a friend of Clay's. <laughs> super, super creepy. And then he's like, why didn't you sell that urn? Like, you need to get rid of it. You need to sell that urn before the curse, you know, the curse happens. And Prue's like, what are you talking about? And he's like, it's cursed. And he tries to go grab it. But Prue uses her power to move it across the desk. And then is like, pretends like she's surprised. And she's like, oh, my God, it is cursed. And he's like, oh, it's too late. I have to go. And he leaves. And like, Prue grabs the urn and is like, thinking. (laughs) Yeah, I thought that was very weird. Like watching that scene of him like she enters her office and then he's literally like hiding in the shadows and just like creepily walks out like you could have easily just sat at one of the chairs at her desk you know like there's three chairs there yeah and so you could have just sat there waited for like there was no reason to be this shady I know it's like obviously you've done this before like you must have you must be in this situation one too many times you know where you have to hide behind a door or something oh but I was also thinking it doesn't really make any sense to me the way that he's in her office like for what like if you saw the urn down at the auction and like we're under the impression that it's going to be sold what reason did you have for waiting in her office like uh, if she never saw the background check and they sold the urn, and she came back upstairs, what were we going to creep out and be like, thanks, and then walk away? Like, well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, what was the point of that? Like, what, you know, like, he, it was like he knew that she wasn't going to sell it or something and saw her come back up and was like, why didn't you do that? Like, yeah, yeah. like, why wasn't he in the auction room? Like, watching tra- like, it. Yeah, so he could see if it was yeah, sold it or not. Yeah, it made much more sense for, like, as she was leaving, for him to, like, follow her out and be like, follow her. sell it. You know what I mean? Yeah. As to be, like, waiting in her office like a fucking stalker. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. No reason. <laughs> yeah, and then obviously, like, just him, when he when he's being creepy in the first place and then he's like oh I'm a friend of Clay's and Prue's already on the fence with Clay like this just like definitely this had to have made her be like okay yeah Clay's done like I mean on top of the fact that she just found out the urn was stolen exactly like yeah now this shady friend is coming up ask and talking about a curse like Prue is like, okay, definitely, she's definitely not approval, uh, um, she definitely doesn't approve of Clay. Yeah. Like, there's no chance of that now. <laughs> With valid reason, you know? Yeah. yeah. Um, so then from there, we're out on the street, and Piper and Phoebe are walking together, and they're kind of talking about this idea of whether you should give people second chances. They're both kind of in the spirit that you should, and talking about, like, different circumstances and things. And Phoebe kind of says that she's afraid of getting hurt. um, And that's why she's a little iffy about whether or not to give Clay a second chance. Piper's kind of like, well, that premonition of yours was definitely the future. And Phoebe says, the problem is I keep thinking about the past. She talks about how when she moved to New York, she was angry and scared. And then she met Clay and he was really good to her. And she kind of says like, you know, at a time where no one else is and Piper's offended for a second. And then Phoebe's kind of like, you know what I mean? But the issue she had with Clay is that he was living beyond his means and never thought of the future, which, you know, is what Prue and Piper thought of her previously. She says that Clay got involved with some bad people and eventually she had to leave. 
Piper says, and now he's back, hoping to be the man you fell in love with originally. And Phoebe's kind of like, well, what if he's the one? And, you know, they kind of have this moment where they're thinking and Phoebe kind of goes into this thing about how they can't all live together and share clothes and share a cat when they're 60 years old. And it kind of turns into this joke where Piper's like, well, I don't want to live with you anymore. Like, you're right. We can't. Yeah. And it just kind of ends on a cute note. Um, but yeah, that's that scene. So I kind of like the way they're talking about this idea of giving people second chances and um, kind of the different circumstances of that. But both of them believe in giving people second chances. And I feel like we see from Prue that she's never really felt that way and never really been that way with anyone like as opposed to Piper and Phoebe who are a lot more like okay let me let me let you in again and just see if it happens again Prue is more like no you fucked up once like I'm gonna make things really 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 hard for you before I trust you again like before I put that wall back down yeah I think the one very... exception to that rule for her though has been Andy I think yeah always let yeah. Andy back in yeah, that's probably why, like, she was trying to be, like, that's probably another reason why she was trying to be more understanding with Phoebe and Clay at first, you know, because she's been there with Andy. I mean, they were high school sweethearts, right? Yeah. And then they got back together, and then they broke up again. And so now that her and Andy are broken up right now, it's especially hard for her to be like, oh, yeah, like, people can have a second chance and stuff, you know, like she's also going through it in her own relationship. And then you also see, like, I think it's cute how Phoebe's, um, she is talking logically where she's like, um, what if he's the one? Do you believe in giving people second chances? And then she was, she said, oh, I keep thinking about the past, you know, like, and it's hard not to, like, it's very hard to get over things of the past. But you can see why Phoebe fell in love with Clay because she was, how old was she when she moved to New York? 21, I think. Yeah. So she, that's pretty young to be going out on to a, a, how far is New York from California? You know, like, I mean, it's completely other side of the country. right? Yeah. So it's like very scary and she's there all alone and she has to figure it all out by herself. And then she finds this guy who just helps her with everything, you know, like, how can you not fall for something like that? So she knows that Clay is truly deep down, like a very good guy, but he just kept getting into more and more he just kept getting deeper with his issues. I think that's a big problem that, you know, in the real world, all of us face with when it comes to love. Because when things happen like that, you're very like, oh, you know, it sucks because I know he's doing all these bad things. But, like, I know the person that he can be. I know the good that's inside of this guy, you know, or this girl that were the other way around. Like, you could see that there is good in that person and you've seen different sides of them than other people have. And it makes it easier for you to give them that chance. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So now we are at Quake and Doug is behind the bar. Ladies are like surrounding him, cheering for him. Music's playing. He's so like that guy right now. Um, <laughs> And Phoebe and Piper walk into this and like see this and they're like, oh my God, you know, like, what have I done? And Phoebe's like, I thought your charm was supposed to boost his confidence, not turn him into Tom Cruise. 
and then Piper kind of walks up to him and she's like, well, you know, maybe I shouldn't have doubled the recipe and asks him how he's feeling. And he's like, oh, I feel great and blows off Shelly as she's coming by. And then Piper's like, well, what about Shelly? And he's like, who cares about her when I've got Thursday, Friday and Saturday all lined up in one? Ew. Um, and then he turns and like tries to hit on Phoebe and then Piper shuts that shit down and tells her that she's off, tells him that she's off limits. And then he walks away or something and she's like, oh God, like we, I've turned Doug into a monster. Um, and Phoebe leaves to go get Clay while Piper's just kind of there like, oh my God, <laughs> what have I done? <laughs> yeah. I feel like, okay, this is going to be kind of fucked up to say, uh, but I'll be the one to say it. Uh, This is what happens when you boost a guy's ego too much. Like, you take a guy who was, like, a loser, and you make him feel good about himself, and then he starts acting like you're the shitty one. He could do so much better than you. Yeah. Yeah, once, because that happens with, like, you see a lot of girls um, saying that, where they're like, this man was not at all, like... Let me rephrase. <laughs> like people made fun of me for liking you. Yes. When we got together, you became more cool. You became more confident with yourself. And now you treat me like I'm the undesirable yeah. one here. As, yes. as soon as their ego is boosted and they're like, oh shit, like I just got I, this really hot girl. Maybe I can get more, you know? Yeah. And it's, I don't know why, I don't know what their thinking is. And it's like, no, because you got really lucky. Like, you're so lucky that you're with me right now. What are you doing? Like, get a hold of yourself. Literally, like, I I just don't understand. I've never understood that because, like, you did get lucky. Like, this is, like, men tend to stop seeing what they have right in front of them because they just want more because now they think that they can get more. Right. At least but it's relatable. It's the other way around too, but you know, this is just yeah. how we see it as the as women woman. we are. <laughs> just our experiences. Oh, and that whole disgusting line about, well, I've got Thursday, Friday, and Saturday all lined up in one. That made me want to vomit. Like, yeah. disgusting. Like, like, that's not cute, Doug. Yeah, and if I were Shelly, I'd be like, yeah, I am officially done. Like, yeah, that would have been, I would have been mortified. And that actually, if I was Shelly, because Shelly is so much more attractive than him. Sorry, but it's true. And then I probably, like, this is just me. I would have been like, okay, like, let me invite all all these guys into the bar. Take my hair down and, like, unbutton my shirt a little. Let's see. Let's see how much attention I get, Doug. Yeah. <laughs> how does it make you feel? <laughs> and that's the worst part too, right? Is he's doing this right in front of her and it's so clearly so on fucked. purpose. Yeah. yeah. It's so fucked. And like the whole point of giving him this confidence was so that he could finally must up the courage to propose and to just finally be with Shelly. And he took it the wrong way. Yeah. And that's probably, they probably did that so they could compare, like, well, Shelly and Doug aren't doing too well. And now, you know, now Clay and Phoebe aren't doing too well because Phoebe's still deciding whether she wants to give him another chance or not. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. 
So then from there, we go to a hotel and Palmer is in his hotel room. And we see that same symbol of the woman is now on the door. Um, it glows. And again, the guardian appears. She asks him if he's leaving and says she waited for his fear to consume him um, and starts asking where the urn is. He starts lying and saying he was trying to get it back from the auction house. He was going to return it, all this bullshit. And, you know, the guardian's not buying it at all. She has this scorpion brooch on like her collar. So she touches that. And, you know, he's freaking out because he realizes what's happening. He's like, no, no, no. And she like touches it, then touches him. And a scorpion appears on his neck. It's a horrible special effect, but I'm just going <laughs> to skip over that. He also like, the way they edited it looked like he already died before it stung him. So it was just yeah. very poorly executed. But, you know, she says her usual, you're being punished for your greed. And we end that scene. Yes. So now Palmer dies. I don't really know what to say about this, except that we know who's next. Yeah. But now this was, yeah, now Clay's left. But we also know that Clay doesn't have any idea about the curse. Like, he's got no clue that this curse is even a thing. Because that was, you know, in the beginning, what the t- other two were keeping from him. Yeah. So And I feel like... I feel like Palmer should have told Clay, like, given Clay an idea or at least said something about the first guy who died, you know? Like, he should have warned Clay at this point, but because he's being selfish and is just trying to get rid of it as fast as he can, like, he clearly doesn't realize that even if they were to sell the urn, like, the Guardian is still going to kill them no matter what. Yeah, like, you still stole it. What is selling it going to do? Yeah, and now you're dead, and now Clay has no idea, like, that any of this is happening, so he's just left in the dark. Yeah. So, now we are back at the manor in Phoebe's room, and Phoebe is, you know, picking out addresses in her closet and then asking Clay's opinions, and they're talking about, you know, their plans to see this band, I think, at Quake and flirting. And he's basically just like, I miss this, the day-to-day of us. And Phoebe's like, yeah, so do I. And then she's like, okay, well, I'm going to change now. Like, get out. And he's like, well, you know, we did live together. Which, like, if I'm telling you I don't want to change in front of you, like, you're being super weird by saying something like that, (laughs) but okay. And she's like, yeah, but things have changed. And she sits next to him and she starts talking about how things are different and you know how she basically just like trying to take things slow but then he just like starts kissing her neck and like non-stop and she's like okay stop stop and like he stops and then she's like all right go go and like lets him kiss her neck again and then she's still like like you know I can't do this what am I doing and then she turns to him and she's like this isn't fair you know I love it when you And then he kisses her and cuts her off. And then they fall back on the bed. And we know that a little bit of nasty is going to happen. (laughs) Um, (laughs) And then then downstairs, Piper is on a chair reading the Book of Shadows when Prue walks into the house and is like, where's Phoebe? And then Piper says, upstairs. And then... Prue just takes off, like, doesn't even listen to the rest of Piper's sentence. And Piper's like, well, you might want to knock. And then back upstairs in Phoebe's room, Prue bursts in and she's like, 
we need to talk and then she walks in and sees phoebe and clay like naked on the bed together and then phoebe's like yes we do all angrily because she just walked in on her yeah so (laughs) clay is clearly trying to rush things too much and like he knows it's working because usually when a girl is like okay stop stop the guy will like a guy would usually freak out and be like, oh my god, are you okay? Like, I'm sorry, like, I didn't mean to push it. And he just, like, s- like sat there so comfortably because he knew, like, it's like he knew she was going to be like, you know what, fuck it, let's just have sex, you know? And, I like, like, I don't normally... know what guys you're hanging out with, but I feel like this is exactly how Yeah, this is exactly, like, I know, like, I was oh, I'm say. not sure about this, and they'll just be like, no, like, let's no yeah but like i was about to say that's that hasn't been my experience at all caitlin so i don't know what you're talking about like if you tell a guy to stop like usually the guy's like what am i doing wrong like they make it about themselves and like he just stood there confidently and quietly you know and like well that is not what you said at first at first you were like they'd be like oh okay i'm so sorry i'm so sorry like that has (laughs) never happened to me before well then i don't know (laughs) what kind of men you guys are hanging out with because that has happened to me where the guy's like I'm sorry I didn't mean to make you uncomfortable like and that's how it should be but it's more like I feel like in the experience it's usually more like like oh you know it's okay we can take it slow but then they just keep trying until you say yes that yeah honestly that has happened to me a lot more than guys being like I'm sorry like if I want to now looking back it's definitely more of like putting pressure on the girl to have sex rather than they're you more know. like they're more like no 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 like they oh, want you're right. to like pressure without seeming like they're yeah pressuring. and it's only like if it they actually make... doesn't happen that they'll apologize that's what i've yeah. noticed yeah they kind of want to make it you seem are... like their choice but like not forced yeah. but like at the same time like they're really pressuring you into doing it but then they'll be like no no we don't have to and then like kind of make it make you feel like it was more of your choice as opposed to them like pretty much hounding you for it you know yeah yeah just scratch all I said before then which is 100% (laughs) what he's doing like I won't say that clay is no no coercing her into anything here but like it's very clear that Phoebe's unsure and I think that clay shouldn't have kept like even when she was like okay go go and she kept saying because it wasn't like she was thinking it she was saying it out loud yeah she's like I don't know if we should do this I don't know if we should do this and he like keeps kissing her anyway and that's like what kind of made it creepy and then the fact that she was in the middle of talking and he like kissed her to like yeah stop her from finishing her thought was like yeah which I mean it was like generally cute because like they both knew that that's what they wanted but yeah. at the same time, he should have had a little more respect for how she feels and how he's treated her. Like, how are you going to sit here in the beginning and say, you know, oh, no, I think too much of you to think there's still a chance. And then now you're like sitting there and she's like still unsure. And you're over here like, like, I'm Let just going to make, make my move anyways. Like, yeah. yeah. Like, I don't know. I just feel like they haven't they definitely have not had enough talks and like enough deep conversation to like get into all this but like bb and clay are so similar where they're both very in the moment people you know so he knows it's going to work and she's like she like phoebe definitely knew this was going to happen obviously because she had the premonition and she was trying her best to stop it like so that she could be logical but at some point her feelings just take over and she does what she really wants to do you know i think she tried to 
like she tried tried to no she tried to convince herself she was being logical but she knew the whole time like exactly what she was doing yeah and she knew that she was letting herself fall for this trap again but that's kind of just how things go like it's not like you can blame her for something like that you know yeah yeah I know we've all been there you know (laughs) right exactly so then we're downstairs. The girls are all down there. Uh, Phoebe and Clay are down there. They're standing by the door. They kiss and Clay kind of leaves. He doesn't want to be part of this awkward sister talk that's obviously about to go down. As soon as he's gone, Phoebe is pissed. She's like, I hope you enjoyed the show. Prue starts apologizing. She's like, I had no idea. And Phoebe's like, what? That it was my room that you barged into? And, you know, they go back and forth with that for a couple more lines. And then Prue brings up that the urn is stolen and Phoebe's like, and like shows her the papers and Phoebe's like, this can't be right. And Piper's like, I mean, it looks right. And Prue says, seasons change, people don't. And, you know, Phoebe is immediately upset by this because Phoebe has spent the whole first half of this season proving that she changed, right? So Phoebe's Uh like, I changed. And Prue's like, well, that's different. You're my sister. And, you know, Phoebe still thinks that it's a mistake that, you know, Clay didn't steal it. Prue starts talking about the curse and says that anyone who steals the urn ends up dead, a victim of the guardian who protects it. She feeds off their greed. And Phoebe says that she knows Clay and he wouldn't have brought it here if he knew there was a curse. Prue is like, so she's just like, Phoebe, you're being delusional. Like she will not take Phoebe's word for it. She's like, He put my job in jeopardy. He lied to me, Phoebe. He lied to you. And, you know, Phoebe admits that Clay isn't perfect. And then she goes on to say that even if he was foolish enough to risk his own life, he would never risk mine. And she leaves. Yeah. I feel like this really hurt Phoebe because imagine finally giving in to this guy. And then right after you find out he did lie. But as you can see, Phoebe's still trying so hard to see the good side of him that she's like, this can't be true. It can't be stolen, you know? Plus, like I've talked about before, too, like, just to you guys in general, kind of that feeling of, like, you know, your own life experiences kind of you put on others in the sense that, like, it'll make you believe one thing about someone, like, even though they could have grown up differently and been, like, you know, and have a different mindset than you, just because you turned out a certain way doesn't mean that other people will too, but you want to give people that benefit of the doubt, especially when you care about them. Like poor Phoebe, I mean, she's over here and she has worked so hard to improve herself and change and she came home and got better and, you know, reconnected with her sisters and everything. Like she's so different now. So the fact that she was able to change, I'm sure she's over here thinking, well, you know, if I can do it, why can't he? Like, of course, other people can do it, too, especially if he cares about me like he says he does. So I think that's also part of the reason why it hurt Phoebe so bad, because, you know, not only is Prue coming at this guy that she cares about that she doesn't want to believe is true, but she also kind of feels personally attacked when Prue's like, people don't change. And she's like, oh, like, are you saying you don't think I've changed? You know what I mean? So I feel like all around, it was just a really hard moment for Phoebe, which is understandable, you know? Yeah. I think one thing that stands out to me here is the fact that both of them are right about Clay. Because, you know, Prue, when she says, you know, he hasn't changed, he's lying. She's right. 
But Phoebe is also right when she says that Clay would never intentionally do anything to cause physical harm to Phoebe. Yeah. Um, we're going to see that later in the episode, so I won't get too into what happens. We can talk about it when we get there. But both of them are technically right in what they're saying. Um, yeah. Which is what I think makes the argument more complicated and more interesting. Yeah. And I then Prue contradicts herself a little when um, she's like, oh, people don't change. And then Phoebe's like, oh, I change. And then she's like, that's different. You're my sister. That's like contradicting herself because, I mean, Phoebe's just like anyone else, you know? I mean, obviously she's a witch. So, but still, like, she's still human. Like, you can't just say that only your family can change and no one else, you know? So you can see that Prue's very hard headed. And you can see that Prue really just does not trust clay at all she doesn't she thinks that clay is this terrible person and obviously if i was if i was prue and this was happening to me like i have no background info on this guy other than that he hurt my sister and now he's back and now he has a gave me an urn that's stolen and now there's a curse like from prue's perspective it's very like it's just clear to see why she's being so like Phoebe you're being stupid you know mm-hmm. like how do you not see this kind of thing yeah but Prue doesn't also she also doesn't know Clay himself either so that's like Jess said they're both right in the in the argument right all right so now we are back at the hotel and Andy is at the crime scene like he always is and Just always happens to be him yeah the only cough in San Francisco. We're <laughs> yeah, I, I know, right? And then the coroner is kind of talking to him, confused, and is like, if I didn't know any better, I'd say he was stung by a scorpion. And then they were like, well, a scorpion sting in San Francisco, like, that doesn't make sense. And then they're basically saying, like, you know, seeing if there were any other way if there was a way he could have been moved here and then but the coroner's like no like he was killed here and then there was in his pocket they found a business card and it was of course Prue's business card because she's always involved and then Andy's like of course like of course it's Prue and uh, he says he wants a report on the sting and then he heads out and as he's walking out into the hallway he bumps into Clay and like they just pass by each other and then clay looks into the room and walks in and sees palmer there dead and is like oh my god palmer and you know i guess it's just no problem to just walk into an active crime scene (laughs) but you know whatever so then we go to buckland's and the urn you know is still sitting on prue's desk we see the guardian's symbol appear back on the urn. Prue enters her office with Claire, who's, you know, kind of going through amounts of money they made at the auction. She asks Prue about the urn, and Prue says she's about to call customs about the urn as soon as they finish up here. Claire says that, you know, they finished the auction with $1.28 million, so the auction house will stay open. She tells Prue that she did a good job, and she leaves. As Claire's leaving, Andy comes in, And Prue kind of makes a joke and is like, here to arrest me again. And he's like, not this time, which, you know, I don't find funny. I'm still mad at Andy. I'll put it out there. (laughs) And then he, you know, tells her about Palmer and notices the scorpion symbol on the urn and is like making comments about it. 
he's like, oh, well, you knew this dead guy. He had your card. And Prue plays it off well. Prue's actually good at lying on, like, Palmer. And (laughs) she's like, we did just have an auction. I met a lot of people. He says he'll bring a photo by later. And Prue's kind of like, that's fine. And then Andy goes on to say, just because we're not dating anymore, I want you to know I still care about you. So if you're ever in a jam or if you ever need anything, just know you can always call me. And, you know, Prue's kind of like, I know that, thanks. And like, they kind of had these sad smiles going on and Andy leaves. And that's that scene. Yeah, I think this shows a lot for Prue's character too, like of how she is very reserved when it comes to her feelings. Like she's not really about those moments, having those moments because she's scared to get sucked in. So she's just like, I know that, thanks. Like, that's it. But, like, Andy knows her so well that he knows, like, Prue does appreciate him saying that. But, yeah, Andy's <laughs> Andy should have never arrested her in the first place, so. Yeah, he abused his power, so we're still angry at him. But, yeah, I do feel like it shows more of Prue's character, which we've talked about this several times, too, um, how she's strong and, like, you know good at lying and it shows more of their relationship together like Andy does still care about her and you know she still cares about him and it's funny because even though she's good at lying and can come up with things on the spot like that Andy always can tell when she's lying like you can tell by his face and his reactions to like the things that she says when like that he can tell when she's telling the truth and when she's just not gonna say anything to him you know about like what actually happened and he kind of just like at this point lets it slide because he knows that there's some things she some things she just can't admit and that he'll never be able to get her to talk about yeah and I think that's so true to relationships like um you know there are people in my life who if I'm upset and I'm not talking about it I think I'm sitting there I'm just being chill right and they're like what's wrong yeah Yeah. do you know something is wrong you know yeah like they just know. Yeah. I mean, and when I somebody like knows Andy you, that happens. is starting to realize. Yeah. And I feel like Andy is starting to realize that Prue is involved. Yes, Prue is involved in all of these cases and stuff, but like she's on the good side of it. You know, he's like starting to see that she's actually helping and not, so he's not asking as many questions, not grilling her as bad. But he's clearly curious of what's going on but I mean he knows that Prue is a good person and she's just helping yeah and I think he's definitely starting to notice something I think in the three episodes we're covering together we'll see him making more and more of these small like is something supernatural going on type connections and I think we see that even in this episode when he's just looking at that scorpion mark on the urn right yeah so now we are back at the hotel and Clay is packing up and Phoebe knocks on the door and comes in and she's like, you stole the urn, didn't you? And he says, yes. And she comes inside and then like she sees that stuff, you know, him packing his stuff. And then she was like, were you planning on saying goodbye before you skip town? And then he tells her that Palmer's dead and Wesley too. And then Phoebe just kind of, like goes off and is like you're such a liar and like just flipping out on him 
and he's like Phoebe I'm not lying like and then she's like you knew the urn was cursed when you stole it you knew the legend and he's like what legend like I don't know what you're talking about and she's like you will never change you'll always look for the easy way out and she storms out so here it's just kind of like she's kind of thinking more clearly and she's more hurt by him now in this moment I mean yeah she was defending him to her sisters but I feel like she still wanted to believe and even now she still wants to believe what he has to say but like she knows that she still he still did lie to her and you know use her and so now she's just like not only hurt by her sisters but hurt by the things that he did to her so yeah and it's just at this point it's just way too hard for her to believe anything he says like when all she does is catch him in lies yeah yeah, I mean, I, I don't have too much to add. I just agree with yeah. you guys. Yeah, I mean, aside from the fact that, like, it's it does suck because this is, like, kind of, like, the boy who cried wolf kind of thing where even though Clay really has no clue about the curse, Phoebe has no reason to believe him, and she doesn't, you know, mm-hmm. that he didn't know about the curse. So that, you know, his own fault, though. So then we go to Quake. And we can see that, you know, the charm has been reversed because Doug shutter, uh, shatters a glass at the bar. And of course, Shelly is behind him in the mirror. And, you know, he turns to Piper and apologizes. That's when Phoebe comes over to join Piper and is like, I see you reversed the spell. Um, she whispers that she still has to fire Doug. She says, you know, maybe Prue was right. Maybe they just don't belong together. Seems like the theme of the day. Phoebe says how, you know, Clay used her to get to and she kind of sees that now she's like why didn't I see it coming am I a sucker for punishment and Piper is like no you see the good in people that's never wrong besides the wrong guys are usually the most interesting until you get your hopes up and let your guard down and they review their true selves so true Piper (laughs) says it I just said it too Piper then says you know they're just shitting on Doug she's like Doug's (laughs) a boring guy like yeah he's easy to overlook but maybe that's the type of guy we should be with and Phoebe's kind of like maybe like way 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 down the road um she's saying how she still wants adventure and Piper says then you risk paying the price we hear a crash Doug broke something again Phoebe leaves and that's that scene yeah so here is just like Piper's very understanding like of course Phoebe you know Piper's the sister that Phoebe went to after this whole like okay like I realized I fucked up and it sucks because she she feels so stupid in this moment for giving him this other chance but I feel like that's you know a pretty realistic thing too and a normal thing that happens and then you know just a lot of them pretty much shitting on Doug and saying how they would never want something like that but maybe they should go for it like damn like y'all ain't had it he's over there like what do you say fuck me for (laughs) (laughs) yeah I feel like this is a really realistic thing I've seen a lot of people have conversations like this where the girl gets hurt and she's you know like Phoebe's obviously really hurt because she really wanted Clay to change and she wanted to be the one that he changed for you know and she tried and then failed and that really that really does hurt like it's like what did I waste my time for you know and 
it's really good that she had Piper in there to comfort her because it is true. She's just like seeing the good in people. And it's good to believe that people will change because some people do, you know, and you can find a lot more good in life. Like when you see the good in people, you know, it's a lot easier to understand and be there. So Piper knows, you know, she understands. She sees it too. Yeah. And then, yeah, and then poor Doug is just there. <laughs> and, um, but it's true. I mean, sometimes, like, obviously, Phoebe's still craving adventure. And she has always been that way all her life. Like, I don't think she'll ever want to settle down with a boring guy. You know, that's just not her. And that's why it's so hard for her. Because how is she supposed to find a guy who wants to you know, be adventurous with her when most of these guys who are like that are also liars and, you know. Yeah, she she's definitely had to pay the price one too many times. Yeah, yeah. And I think it's like that, it's that very, like, younger mentality that, like, we all develop. It's like, you know, we see it in every show and every movie, you know, you meet this bad boy, right? And you're, like, this mm-hmm. nice girl, so, of course he's going to change and be with you and be everything you ever wanted. I mean, we've seen it in every movie since like the beginning of time. So it's just that mentality that you grow up with. And it's so hard to recognize that like, you can't fall in love with someone's potential, right? You have to fall in love yeah. with who they actually are. Yeah. And you have Ooh, to that's good, Jess. watch them. Yeah. Because right? people are always going to grow. People are always going to change. But you can't fall in love with who you think they're going to be. You have to fall in love with who they are and continue to love them as they change and grow yeah yep right that's that's so true true. yeah that was a good one Jess yeah I know that was really good I was like "Ooh, shit (laughs) she got deep like I'm Um, I'm gonna give my friends that advice now I know like that's the new that's my new future saying I think (laughs) okay so now we are at the manor and the bell the doorbell rings and Phoebe answers it and it's Clay and she won't let him inside but he tells her that he wants to turn himself into the police and then says that you know oh it's my only it's the only way I can redeem myself with you and says that he needs her to go with him to Prue to get the urn because it's the only like if she's there it'll be the only way that he would give it to her which is like super sus and then he's like it's the last favor I'll ever ask I promise and then he touches Phoebe and she gets a premonition of this like cobra killing him in at Prue's office and they they leave so I feel like here he was just kind of like you could have easily just gone to the police and admitted that you did that and I'm sure Prue would have been like yeah because he's the one who gave me the urn like this is true she would have backed it up like the fact that you had to stop by Phoebe's and make up that whole oh well I need to go get it from your sister so you have to come with me like you're obviously just trying to get Phoebe like you want the attention and make her think like oh like I'm changing like look I'm gonna go to the police okay like I'm sure it's true, but, like, you're still doing that manipulative shit, you know? Yeah. And not to mention, like, why do you need to get the urn? Like, that wasn't so sus, you coming up and being like, well, I just need to go grab it real quick. Like, that sounds totally like you're going to run off with it, you know, this stolen urn and try to sell it somewhere else. Like, that's what I would think if I was Phoebe. That would cross my mind. 
Yeah. yeah, and I mean, that's why she was, like, saying no at first up until she got the premonition, like. Yeah. Yeah. But then, obviously, she's not going to let him die, so, you know. Yeah. I agree. Uh, I just agree with you, Mia. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, me too. So, then we go to Buckland, where Prue is in her office and Clay and Phoebe walk in. He's like, oh, good, like, you didn't give it to the police yet. And that's when the marking on the urn glows and the guardian appears. Phoebe pushes Clay out of the room because, you know, she's like, oh my God, like the guardian's going to kill him. Prue tries to use her power to move the guardian. The guardian barely phases her and she's kind of like, I don't want to harm you. I came for the thief. She tells them she's the guardian of the urn and that they can't destroy her. Prue tries to use her power on her again, which just pisses her off. And they realize their powers aren't working. So Prue and Phoebe run out. And as they leave, like the guardian is just chilling there. She's like, so now there are more who will die. And I'm like, <laughs> fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> fair enough. She's like not even concerned about it either. She's like, okay, I guess I'm just going to kill a couple more people. Like it's just yeah. so nothing to her. Yeah. yeah this is just the ultimate bad bitch like nothing phases her yeah i mean imagine being a guardian of an urn for who knows how many years and like the amount of people that are probably still in that like it makes sense she's probably just like at this point really over and is like you know what fuck it i'll kill him too <laughs> like yeah well now clay sees that the curse is like a real life thing like it's he's he's probably a bit freaked out you know yeah. yeah like this was his first experience with it and first time actually seeing that there is a curse and that the urn is cursed but aside from that now we just pretty much have more plot you know yeah yeah okay so now we are at the manor again and phoebe and prue walk in with clay and he's like really confused as to what's going on and Piper asks them what's going on and Prue and Piper go to the like go up to the attic kind of to look in the book of shadows while Phoebe stayed with Clay and Phoebe was like you know go fill in Piper I'll meet you guys upstairs Clay continues to like be confused and asked what that thing is while Phoebe tries to kind of cover their asses and be like oh you know we're just really into legends and Prue's just really good with her mind uh, but he's like well what about whatever the hell that thing was you know and that it's not human and Phoebe's like I know but we need to figure out what it is before she gets you and he's like no no no, I don't want you getting hurt because of me and then like that was probably the most genuine thing he said all episode and Phoebe was like you know I actually believe you this time and she smiles at him and then she runs upstairs to the attic so I don't I could just continue I don't know yeah I mean I don't I don't have too much to say about that like you said it seemed like he was being genuine there um yeah kind of covering up their secret but that's really all that's going on there so they go up to the attic and Prue and Piper found nothing in the book and then they're just kind of like well let's hope she didn't follow us here because our powers are obviously pretty useless against her and Piper like doesn't understand how it's possible and then Prue's like well maybe we're just not supposed to protect Clay uh, and then then she connects to Doug and Shelly again where she's like maybe there's a reason like Piper trying to force Doug and Shelly back together and maybe there are just some things we're not supposed to save 
And then Phoebe's like, well, no, we're saving Clay, period. Like, it doesn't matter. And then Phoebe finds something on the, or I mean, Piper finds something on the seven deadly sins, how greed is one of them. And Prue kind of comes to this realization of like, oh, well, the guardian is punishing the greedy. So maybe if Clay does something selfless, it'll kind of even the score and she won't kill him anymore. So then Piper makes a little crack, like, good luck getting him to do something selfless. And Phoebe's like, gives her a look. and She's like, sorry. (laughs) And then so they run back downstairs and see that Clay is gone. And they think that he just left. Uh, And Phoebe's like, well, he was worried about me and worried about us. And then she's like, I think I might know where he is because obviously her premonition, she saw her at him at Buckland's. And then they leave. So a couple of things about the attic scene. So first of all, some of the connections that are made here, I'm just like, what the fuck? Like the Shelly and Doug is reaching, right? Like that was such a reach. Like I, and then also like when it comes to like Prue's being like, oh, like, there she punishes the greedy so like a selfless act will fix it the opposite of greed isn't selflessness it's generosity so like that also didn't really make sense to me like i think they just needed something just have her come with you to like a homeless shelter and let her watch you give them food or something like that's what (laughs) saved him as opposed to a selfless act but, you, but know. you know I guess they needed that for the rest of the plot to happen but I was just like yeah. there this is such a reach yeah yeah the really way they was. tried to compare it to Shelly and Doug too was like well that doesn't really make any sense like this is not the same thing at all you know yeah. saving someone's life yeah or keeping Versus a relationship together relationship. <laughs> yeah, yeah like because just the fact way too much of a reach yeah, just the fact that, like, they were like, oh, mate, or she was like, maybe we're not meant to save him. Like, okay, so you're just gonna watch him die? Like, that's not really... Wouldn't be the first time they watched an innocent die. Me and Mia commented on that before. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the freaking bride from hell or something like that. Oh, my God. That was so, like, you're just watching him kill her, but okay. Or them kill him. But yeah, so now they're going after Clay. So then we're at Buckland's, and the Guardian appears in Prue's office just as Clay is opening the door. The Guardian's like, I knew you'd be back. Your greed consumes you. Like, okay, you judgmental bitch, but whatever. (laughs) Um, He's like, I'm not here for the urn. And she says, well, you need to be punished. And he's like, I know. But like after him, like it's done, right? He's like, you're not going to go after anyone else. And she says she won't until somebody steals the urn again. And he's kind of like, how do you know someone will? She's like, they always do. So she kind of has this snake charm and she throws it and a cobra rises up and it kind of like gets to eye level with clay. This isn't the best special effect either, but we won't talk about that too much. (laughs) Um, The girls all run into the room. Clay's like, stay back, Phoebe. But, you know, as the cobra's coming at him, she like pulls him to her side. um, And that's when the cobra kind of like turns its attention to her and it goes to attack her. Clay puts his arm up to protect her, and the cobra turns into, like, this golden dust and fades away. The guardian, like, looks at both of them, and Phoebe's like, a selfless act, and Piper's like, just like the Book of Shadows said, and then the guardian goes back onto the urn. The urn vanishes. Phoebe's like, who says people never change, and her and Clay hug, 
And then we get this quick little snip back to the mansion in Egypt where the urn appears back on a table. I feel like here it's not really like Clay changed, but like, yeah, he's not going to let you die. Like, yeah, it's a pretty drastic situation. Yeah, that's exactly what I said when we were watching the episode. I like literally turned and was like, well, I mean, it's not like he's going to let you die. Like, like he does care about you. It doesn't mean he's not going to lie to you again in the future. Like, (laughs) it doesn't just change, but. Yeah, I feel like this was just such a quick scene with, like, such a, like, it resolved everything, but I don't feel, like, I don't feel satisfied by this resolution, I don't think. Yeah. Yeah, not really. But it wasn't too bad. It was cute that he, like, threw his arm in front of her. But the way, like, everything just disappeared, the urn just went right back to Egypt, like, the Guardian didn't even say anything, she was like, oh, okay, like, we'll just dip, like, (laughs) it just was, it was really quick, yeah. So, now, this is the last scene, and the sisters are at Quake, sitting at the bar, and Phoebe is kind of, like, looking away, laying on her arms, and Piper's saying how it was good that they didn't have to use their powers because otherwise they would have been exposed to clay and then they just kind of keep talking about things like that and then Doug comes out of nowhere and he starts dropping stuff again and then while Shelly is obviously right there next to him Piper freezes them and Prue walks over and she takes and she's like you know I'm I'm solving this for you know once and for good And then she takes the ring that's in his pocket and puts it on the floor where Shelly can see it on the ground and then unfreezes. And Shelly sees the box and she's like, oh, what is this? And she opens it and sees that it's an engagement ring. And then that's when he tells her that he's been waiting for weeks to for the right time to give it to her. And she's like, well, that's why I broke up with you. I gave up on waiting. And then they smile and they hug each other and the sisters, like, you know, they're all like smiling and happy for them. And then Piper's like, well, maybe it would have happened sooner if I just stayed out of it. And then Phoebe's like, well, I guess you can't change people. They have to change themselves. And then that's when Clay walks in and Prue like points him out to Phoebe. Phoebe goes over to him and he makes like a little joke about her going back to New York with him. And she's like, no, this is my home now. And then he says, one thing I never lied about was how much I care about you. And they kiss. And then he says, I hope next time we cross paths, I'll be the guy you always think you see. And she touches his face and he kisses her hand and he he leaves and heads out. And then Prue and Piper come over to her and they're like, is everything okay? She's like, yeah, he was just saying goodbye on his way to New York. And she's obviously like sad about this. And then they all just hug. And that's how the episode ends. That's cute. It was a cute ending. Yeah, I really enjoyed this kind of final moment with Clay and Phoebe. It felt genuine to me. Like, a lot of throughout the episode, I'm like, he's giving her lines, he's doing this. But, like, I feel like what he was saying here, like, I think he meant it. I think he was being honest with her. Um, He definitely recognizes that, you know, where he's at right now, he's probably not good enough for her. But I think they both kind of have the hope that maybe one day, like, they will reconnect and he will be there. Who knows if that'll happen? But I, th- I think it was a cute way to kind of leave off that relationship and have it, you know, not every relationship that ends has to end in some horrible, 
I hate you way or even in a like we're gonna have these awkward interactions way like it could end in this you know we loved each other we're not right for each other now maybe someday but for now let's just do our own thing see what happens and if life brings us back it brings us back if not we move on right yeah because it, it can happen that way in real life and it's also you can see the difference between, you know, before when he came back and said he wanted to change versus now, because it was very like, like in this scene, he's pretty much like, I'm not going to stay. I, I'm aware, like, I know I'm not ready. You know, I know I'm not good enough yet. And when he's like, I hope next time I'm the guy you always think you see, he's like, well, you know, right now I'm still not there right now. I know I still need a lot of work, but hopefully, you know, in the future, if we do come back to each other, that. I am this good person, you know, and, and I have changed already. Yeah, I think that having this, like, kind of near-death experience and stuff and, like, going through all that with Phoebe, like, really opened up his eyes and just made him, like, really reflect, you know? I mean, the fact that he almost, like, could have really killed somebody that he genuinely cared about, like, that's definitely an eye-opener, you know? He's like, oh, shit, like, maybe I am at a really bad point, you know, like, I'm I'm hurting this girl and I almost like got her and her family killed you know that I should have never put her in that situation I think it made it made him like open his eyes to that mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. and then it ended with you know Doug and Shelly getting together which of course that was gonna happen yeah. I thought the whole Doug and Shelly thing was like really cheesy throughout the whole thing and like it it just seemed really fake because I mean it was but you know Mans was dropping idea. something every time like so come on now come on <laughs> it reminds me of like do you remember in the early seasons of South Park like every time Stan would see Wendy he would throw up because he couldn't talk to her yeah like that. it's just like so over the top <laughs> yeah like that was definitely very fake and like dramatic but you know for the story's sake I understand um, anything else you want to say before we wrap up this one? Yeah, I think I'm good. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. If you want to reach out to us or follow us on social media, we're on Instagram and TikTok at rewitched underscore pod. You can also send us an email to rewitched.pod at gmail.com. And join us back next time for season one, episode 12, The Wendigo.